Hi, everyone. I'm Tina Cole, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome back to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I hope you had a great week, and uh, I hope you feel a lot better than I do because I don't. I don't feel that good. <laughs> I have a cold, and uh, I hope that uh, you're doing a lot better than me. Uh, the show must go on, so I'm going to continue here and uh, get through this uh, six minutes here before we get into our interview, and uh, then I'll see you after, and and then uh, we will be, uh, you know. Uh, you know, putting it away for a while, for for a couple of days, hopefully, so I can get some rest and uh, hopefully get better. But I hope you're doing good, and I want to thank everybody for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. If you have a suggestion for a guest, you can email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and you can leave a review that uh, will help us and get more people to know about On Screen and Beyond at uh, whatever podcast provider you're at, and that will help us out, so we appreciate that. And uh, I don't know, I don't want to talk too much here before we get into our uh, remakes and everything, because uh, I don't know how long I'll be able to handle this before I start coughing at everything. But uh, this week, uh, this is the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we step back to My Three Sons. That's right. Also, Hawaiian Eye. Uh, Tina Cole is going to be joining us. Uh, Tina was in the King family on TV. She was on My Three Sons. She was Robbie's wife, Katie. And she was also uh, Sunny Day on Hawaiian Eye. And you want to, uh, this will be a good time to go back into our rerun section of On Screen and Beyond uh, and look at, uh, for the the interviews we had with uh, Robbie, who was uh, Don Grady, and also with Stan Livingston and Barry Livingston. They've been on a couple of times. and uh, But listen to the first ones we did with them as we talk about the show, My Three Sons. And uh, you'll get uh, their thoughts about the show. And now you're going to get uh, Katie or Tina's uh, re- you know, ideas of what. She got, she's got a lot of great stories. And she's got a new book out. It's called My Three Lives, a Memoir. So uh, check that one out, too. We'll give you more information on that when we get into the interview. But what do you say? Let's get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness. Well, it looks like Willem Dafoe will be in the cast of a remake of the horror classic Nosferatu. And it's about an ancient vampire. And March 3rd, remake of Stephen King's Children of the Corn hits theaters. And then on demand and digital on March 21st. And that's it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies. Uh, Blake Lively and Justin Baldoni will star in a film called It Ends With Us. Now, this is based on the book and... Uh, We'll see what kind of happens with that one. And you can look for George Clooney and Brad Pitt to star in a new film from Apple Studios, and it's a thriller. And Melissa McCarthy will star in an untitled Christmas movie for Universal, and it is written by Richard Curtis, who wrote 
Love Actually. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's time for sequels. Sequels. It looks like Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, the sequel to the first Paw film, has uh, added Kristen Bell and James Marsden, among others, to the cast. And a third installment in the Knives Out film franchise has been given a go-ahead, and there's no title for that yet. They're throwing things around. And Gladiator 2, a sequel to 2000's Russell Crowe film, will start filming very shortly. And that's it for sequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV and movies on DVD. Hey, this is Mark Cuban, and if you love television like I love television, you have to listen to On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TV and movies on DVD, The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet, the complete season 9 and 10, restored and remastered on DVD, uh, comes your way on February 21st. Resident Alien Season 2 flies onto Blu-ray and DVD on February 28th. And on March 7th, Women Talking with Rooney Mara lands on DVD and Blu-ray. And uh, The Old Way with Nicolas Cage rides onto Blu-ray and DVD on February 21st. And The Good Fight, the final season, arrives on March 14th on DVD. And The Walking Dead, season 11, comes to DVD on Blu-ray and on DVD, like I said, on March 14th. And that's it for TV and movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, Dolly Parton has uh, started recording a rock and roll album, and it's called Rockstar. Uh, I know there was a lot of controversy about her being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and all that stuff because she never made a rock album. Uh, Now she is, and it's going to feature duets with an incredible amount of people. It's going to include duets with Elton John, Paul McCartney, Pink, Ringo Starr, Mick Fleetwood, and more. So keep your eye out for that one. And HBO Max's The Last of Us has been renewed for a second season. And sadly, Lance Kerwin, star of Salem's Lot, the original one that was a TV miniseries, has died at the age of 62. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we are heading down to My Three Sons. And we are going to talk with Tina Cole. She was Robbie's wife, Katie, on the show And she has a new book out called My Three Lives, a memoir, Tina Cole, coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. On this episode of On Screen and Beyond... 
We know our guest as a member of the singing quartet, the Four King Cousins, and the King family. On TV and film, we remember her for many roles, including as Sunny Day on Hawaiian Eye, but mostly for her role as Katie Miller Douglas on the classic 60s TV show, My Three Sons. She has a book out called My Three Lives, a memoir. It's Tina Cole. Tina, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you, Brian. It's uh, I'm delighted to be here. Now, Tina, like I was telling you before we got on the air, I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. And uh, it, it's so nice to see that uh, that uh, we were able to get you on and uh, you have a book out. So uh, that's always great because we can learn more about you, you know, by reading your book. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not. Well, it's sort of a tell all, but it's not um, in a salacious way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, how do you come up with the title? That's that's the standard thing I always ask because I always find it interesting. Uh, I have an idea why you you, you came up <laughs> yeah. with that, but uh, you know, and, uh, you know what? On the cover, or, or my you know the my three lives, um, I actually use the three the logo yes from the show yes. You know, which which I I like. I thought, oh, that's really clever. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. fun. Um, it was just, it, you know, it's been a while since I've been out there. Although my three sons has run every day <laughs> forever, you know, since mm-hmm. since we began. Um, but it was, it just made sense. I thought it was catchy, and it and it applied. I was able to apply it to my own life. Uh, so the first life is before um, before I started acting. And the second life goes through my career, my, my main career. And then the third life is after the I left Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and till now, yeah. <laughs> so what? And made, beyond, yeah, <laughs> yes. And and you know it's funny because if I listen back years ago, uh, Don Grady was on the show. He did his little introduction at the beginning, and he did it almost exactly like you did. It's 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 very strange that you know you would do that that beyond you know that that and and it, not not everybody does it that way but uh, oh, really? it's funny that I the two of you did so probably everyone does it I was thinking of Toy Story mm-hmm. yep <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well Don and I Don and I were very close for for many many years yes there must be some connection still yep. <laughs> So what made you decide to, to write a book? Uh, I have been asked, I, I, I tell a lot of stories. I've got lots of stories and, and I'm always telling stories and people are always asking me questions. So, and then have asked me many, many times to write them down. I felt because I didn't have have to battle addictions or sexual abuse or physical abuse or things, you know, depression, things like that. I, I thought, well, why would anybody want to read, read my book? It doesn't have any of that, you know, that hard stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
a very dear friend of mine sent me one day sent me a oh, plus I I tease that I can I can't even write a grocery list. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know writing is not my fort. So you know I toyed with the idea for years, but it just I thought oh you know this is really not in my wheelhouse. A friend, a very dear friend, sent me one day sent me a voice recorder and said, okay, you need to start your book. And my dearest friends got together. We made a big list of questions. And every day they would, someone would call and say, okay, get your recorder out and tell me about this. And they would questions. Well, after a couple of years, I had about 350 pages of stories. Wow. And as my cousin said, well, you've got all these pearls. Now you need to weave them into a necklace. Hmm. Which I thought was what a nice, you know, that was a very, very visual, you know, uh, thought for me. So I, I started writing and what I would do, I would send, I would send the files every day to uh, my friend that sent me the recorder in, in Los Angeles. And uh, Debbie would type up, you know, type all the you know from the files and then send me send me her you know the 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 documents so i just i started and the the my three lives really worked well i thought well the last part is pretty long but it it takes it i mean i i still am involved in performing mm-hmm. so it's still and you know and then having my children and all of that so it it just started coming together and uh yeah we also found a publisher that was interested bear manor publishing mm-hmm. yeah. who had uh published a cookbook for the king family and so they uh, ben was very interested and once I had a publisher, it was like, okay, it's time to really get this done. But it took about two years. Wow. To to actually once I once I began. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the hardest part, Brian, was um, was uh, the dis, dis, the disillusion of disillusionment of no, the dis, dissolve whatever of my marriage. Um, and that was the hardest part. I got stuck there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, once I got, got beyond that, it started to really flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it still took about two years. Wow. But you know, yeah. you you mentioned that uh, the your book doesn't have any, uh, you know, a teen a, a teenage or child actor that goes bad and uh, drug abuse and and sexual assault and all those things it doesn't have that but you know sometimes it's just nice to read a story that's good <laughs> you know <laughs> something that that you know wow this person you know they they did it and they didn't go into the drugs and all that sort of thing so yeah. it's it's kind of nice to see that once in a while well that's what i've found and and I think that that's what's been wonderful about well once you know Facebook came about I didn't I hadn't realized that I had people out there that wanted that 
you know, loved my characters and, and, and my music. And, and so that really encouraged me. Um, and then of course, with me TV, putting my two sons back on the air and, mm -hmm, right. you know, it just, um, it all, all of it came together. The stars aligned and I've read, I read, I do read a lot and I have read a lot of autobiographies and biographies and I, I didn't, my book isn't about just, you know, I was, I was at a, a, a party with and dropping a gazillion stars. Mm -hmm. It was, it's about relationships and, and, you know, it's not about, I mean, people are liking the positive and the, the, the inspirational part of the book, which, and, and to be associated with the King family and the King cousins and my three sons, these positive shows that made people feel good about families or they wanted to be in our family mm -hmm. or they, you know, they wanted to have a family like this. I think it's sorely missing today. D definitely. <laughs> That's for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> and people want that. Like you said, they want something positive. Not that I didn't have, I mean, there's some pretty, you know, I go into some pretty deep holes in the book, mm -hmm. but it's the way I was able to climb out because of family and friends. Yeah. And my face. I mean, I get teased about being Pollyanna and wearing <laughs> rose colored glasses. <laughs> but I choose, I choose to be happy. That's great. And, yeah. and I think that that comes through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and now let's take a dive into some of the shows that you've been in over the years. And, you know, your book goes into those, uh, I'm sure. And, uh, uh, but Hawaiian Eye, you played Sunny mm -hmm. Day. Now that that's like a name out of a James Bond movie or an Austin Powers yes, movie. <laughs> I, when they told me that was my name, I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And they said, but you have such a sunny personality. And they said that, that said that I reminded them of a young Doris Day. Mm -hmm. And yep. that's where they came up with the name, which then I went, oh, okay, well, I like that because I always wanted to be Doris Day. You know, that was, I mean, she was just, you know, and right. me at, when I was growing up, she was it. Right, exactly. So, uh, that, so yeah, so then I said, okay, well, that name was okay then. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? I thought, oh, that was so silly. Yeah. How was it working on that show? It was amazing because I had never done anything besides a high school play. And I had, um, I had, when I was 14, uh, I was discovered by the executives at Warner Brothers and asked, I, and I did a screen test, which of course I didn't even know what that was, but my mm -hmm. mother said, oh, yes, <laughs> <Don't>... <laughs> yes, you can screen test my daughter. And uh, Gary Cooper walked into this interview test 
And they said, we'd like you to meet Gary Cooper. Wow. He was an old man. Mm -hmm. I was 14. I had no idea who he was. It, I think about it now and I get, oh, you dummy, you know, <laughs> Gary Cooper. I mean, <laughs> and I just kind of stuck out my hand. And I said, oh, hello, Mr. Cooper. It's so nice to meet you. I think they were hoping I would swoon. Oh, and okay. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> they liked me, but um, they didn't have anything for me. And it was at the time when the studios, um, you know, had the, the contract players young people that they were they were developing to be the stars of the future Mm -hmm. i got in on the tail end of that um so they asked me to study i lived i lived in the bay area with my mom and my father was in los angeles so i would come down for the summers to visit him and they asked me if i would study at their uh, with their drama coaches and in the workshops so I did that for four years every summer. And um, I always wanted to be a teacher. That was my goal. I went to Brigham Young for a year and then uh, was transferring to San Jose State working a semester. I was saving up, you know, my $49 a week to buy a used Volkswagen. <laughs> and I get a call from Warner Brothers and they said, we'd like you to come down and screen test for Hawaiian Eye. They had put Connie Stevens on suspension. They didn't want me to take the role of cricket, but they wanted me because they wanted to bring her back, of course, mm-hmm. after her after her suspension for six months. And and <laughs> it was ridiculous because I I was so dedicated. I've got this job. I'm you know I'm a secretary and or a receptionist or whatever. And I said, well, this was like on a Monday. And I said, well, my day off is on Wednesday. I could come down then. They called my mother. She said, no, you're getting on a plane tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So, and three weeks later, I was in Hawaii. I had to do a, uh, a, I had to dance. I had to sing. I had never sung outside of, you know, school, things like that. Mm-hmm. And the King sisters would bring their children up on stage if we happened to be in the audience, you know, like at Harris Club or places like that where they'd just bring us up for fun mm-hmm. and would sing a song. Um, but I had to do three songs. I had to dance and I had to have, I did a, a, um, a screen test with Troy Donahue, <laughs> who was at the time he had just done a summer place and parish, and mm-hmm. you know he was like the heartthrob of every girl. Right, right. And I had to do as kind of a romantic scene in a restaurant, um, and as I say, three weeks later I was in Hawaii. Mm. It was very surreal. Jeez. I didn't really get it. I didn't have an agent. I just, you know, they said, go here, do this, turn, <laughs> smile, sit down, you know, and I did. Wow. And um, I had never been anywhere. And suddenly I've got a, a sweet overlooking Waikiki, you know, it was pretty amazing. Wow. And it was the first time they did the whole show on location. Usually they just did stock shots. 
Oh, really? And then they filmed the rest of it in the studio. Okay. But yeah. this year, uh, and they brought Troy Donahue on. So it was Bob Conrad, uh, Troy, um, Ponce Ponce, Grant Williams, who I only worked with a little bit. I think they kind of faded him out. And um, and then and Troy. So uh, I was the, um, uh, I think Connie was like the cricket was the, photographer or something for the for the hotel mm -hmm. and i was the information girl uh. <laughs> and uh you know they i mean it was all really about the detectives and all that and right. the, the women were just kind of dressing yeah. yeah but i did sing in the shell bar mm -hmm. again and and no one said there was no direction they just said okay sing this song and I look at some of those and I think, Tina, you you didn't really know how to move. I mean, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a performer at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just you know a little young college girl. Yeah, <laughs> but it was wonderful. We were there for several months and and uh, I mean, what a way to begin a career. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, you mentioned your used Volkswagen. You wanted to buy a used Volkswagen. Is that how how you came up with the title for one of your chapters there, uh, from a used Volkswagen to a Corvette or something like that in, in the book? <laughs> yes, exactly. I That was my, you know, my, my uh, introduction to Warner Brothers at that point. I, um, I got back from Hawaii. And I had a, I was fixed up um, with a, a young man that I, I had known. He was in my church and we had a, a kind of a fix up date, not totally blind, but he showed up in this red, a 1960 red Corvette convertible. Wow. <laughs> with a for sale sign in the window. The date did not go well, but. I bought the car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, suddenly, you know, from $49 a week to, you know, a nice, a, a little different kind of a salary. Yeah. I would, I would think it, uh, it, it, it jumped a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, boy, did I love, that was my baby. That mm. car had a red hard top removable and then it had a white soft top. Wow. And I love that. I did all the work on it. I did the lube and the oil change. I did the, you know, I did all a lot of the mechanics on it. Wow, this is my four lives then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, I did. I forgot to say that in the book. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, Tina, I got to ask you about a film that is it. I don't believe. I mean, I'm not sure. I wasn't. You know, I was. I was around at that time, but I, I don't think it was a huge blockbuster or anything, but um, it was written by Earl Hamner Jr., who had uh, written it, and he went on to create uh, Falcon's Crest and uh, uh, the, the Waltons, of course, and yeah. he, he wrote a little movie called Palm Springs Weekend. <laughs> now, you know, it was just on television, just like on on uh, uh, Turner Classic movies. Oh, really? Like like two days ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I enjoyed kind of, it's become kind of a cult thing. Yes. Isn't it weird. 
Well, the, the weird thing is, is over the years, I've been doing this, like you say, for a long time. Yeah. I've had Troy Donahue, Connie Stevens, uh, Ty Harden, uh, Stephanie Powers, Carol Cook, Bill Moomy, oh Linda Gray, Don Wells, and now you, and you all have the same connection with that movie. What What is it with this movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what actually happened? Jack Webb came in and took over uh, as head of the studio. And he decided to get rid of all the contract players. And uh, I mean, you know, it, and it became kind of a bottom line studio. So they made one movie with all the contract players uh. and added a couple of people. Well, I was in that group. So my, my seven year contract turned into one. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the sad part about it is I had a, a nice juicy little part, not, you know, I wasn't a main character in it, but, right. but I had a sub substantial part. I didn't even get credit. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And I didn't know, I didn't know. I guess I should have had an agent or, or had been smart enough or, you know, savvy enough, I guess to say, well, you know, we're, <laughs> so how are you going to do my credit? I didn't even think about that. Again, I was just very naive and very green. You know, I, I, so I look at it now and I think, Holly, that was a, you know, that was a nice little part. And I, I mean, I didn't even get it in the credits at the bottom, of, huh. you know, with people that had a lot less to do in the movie. Right. Now, was this I before didn't... Hawaii and I or during? No, this is after. It was after. This okay. was after we came back from Hawaii. We finished the series and that was, and Jack came in and took over and said, okay, we're going to do one movie with all of you. And that was it. That was the end of the contract players. Hmm. That was an end of an era. Oh, yes, that's for sure. I mean, it had always been done that way. Yeah. 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 And I, I, all of a sudden I, <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to do because hmm. I didn't, I hadn't sought it out. I didn't know, I didn't know about the business of the business. Mm -hmm. You know, I could, I could act. And I could sing, and but I didn't know about the management and the handling of how do you get those parts. They just were given to me. People just said, oh, here, we want you. Come over and do this. <laughs> That's a good way to do it, I suppose. <laughs> Except it was ignorant. Yes, you know, and I yes. And I didn't think to, to study. I didn't think to learn. Mm -hmm. And you would think with my parents and my family all in – show business since my mother was four <laughs> that someone would have said tina you need to do this yeah. and no one did mm. no one said honey let me let me teach you about the business yeah yeah huh yeah so i was i was very fortunate in that after the contract was up i was asked to do uh, my three sons and a Lucy show and a this or a that. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, Sunny Day was very popular in the Pacific, in the, you know, the, and, and I 
was asked to um, do an opening act for Rowan and Martin, who were going to open at the uh, brand new uh, Hilton, Chevron Hilton in Sydney, Australia. Wow. And so I, I had never done an act. <laughs> what were you going to do? <laughs> uh, yeah. And my mother said, oh, sure. Yeah, she can do it. And and she wrote a half hour act for me and I learned it in a, in a, a week. And, and th- this is in the book. Cause I think this is pretty, it's just so <laughs> embarrassingly <laughs> true. I, I flew back from the Bay Area with my music in hand, and she had made a costume for me. My aunt took me to the airport. I'm flying to Australia, and I don't know anybody. I, you know, I, my trip to to Hawaii. I was with the publicity people, so I w- I had handlers that took me. Well, this I was on my own. My aunt said. Uh, okay, now do you have money for tip and you know all that? And I, <laughs> this is at the airport, and I said, I, I, what's tip? I didn't even know what tip was. <laughs> and I, I opened my wallet. I had six dollars. Wow. In my wallet. <laughs> you know, I didn't have credit cards. Or right. I, I just thought, well, there, somebody's going to take care of me in Australia. <laughs> wow. And I, she, she said, well, you can't. Tina, you can't, don't you know about this? And I said, no, why, how would I know? I, I teased that I was raised by wolves. <laughs> you know, it, it, <laughs> and so she, she opened her purse and she had 20, a $20 bill, I think in her purse. She gave me her 20. So I, I left for two weeks to Australia with $26. Wow. <laughs> Gee. I know. And I had to rehearse. I had to rehearse an orchestra, which I'd never done before. And no one told me how to do it. Just interesting, you know, crazy. Wow. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, Tina, my three sons... When you when you got on that show, you actually, if my research is correct, and you can correct me, you played Joanne, you played Sherry, and you played Katie throughout your... And, and I played Ina. Oh, and I, another one. Okay. So see, yeah, three yeah, comes I, in again. You Before you I got did. Katie, you got three roles. <laughs> I did. And they were all different. Very different. The last one, when I was Joanne, I think that's the one they used for my screen test. Oh, okay. Uh, and they, before they ever called me, they, they, I think had already decided that I was going to be Katie. Um, they didn't tell me that, but I never did read or do a screen test or anything. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they had seen you, so I'm sure they, they had an idea. Yeah. And it, was there good chemistry between you and uh, Robbie or Don, whichever, <laughs> whichever way we want to think of it? 
I don't know if it was. Maybe they saw they saw something that, and I'm sure Don told you this, or probably that he really was against my, uh, me being cast as Katie. Really, I, I he may have, but I don't. You know, yeah. it, it was a he long time ago. Quit. I mean, he almost, you know, he really balked at that. Wow. Because he wanted, he thought that Robbie would, the girl that Robbie would be interested in would be like um, Ronnie Troop or you know, a, a, a Peggy Lipton, you know, a surfer girl, thin, long, straight hair, you know, and here I am, this bouncy, you know, <laughs> ebullient blonde that, you know, uh, he just didn't think it was right. Huh. Wow. And so our first, as Katie, uh, the first week was really tough as far as, because we had to do all the kissing and you know the making out scenes and falling in love and all that and mm-hmm. that first week and we had the hardest time we kept bumping noses and <laughs> you know it was very awkward he was awkward and i didn't know i'm glad i didn't know wow because oh. it would have made it harder for me um but <laughs> after one particular scene uh our director fred de cordova you know who went on to do johnny carson mm-hmm. um he took, he said, okay, cut. And he said, ask everybody to take five. And he took us aside and he said, look, um, you need, you guys need to look like you like each other. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he said, I need you to go. I want you to go in the back of the soundstage and practice kissing. <laughs> and then we'll go, we'll do another scene and then we'll come back and finish this. Well, the scene ended up well done you know we finally <laughs> figured out how to how to do it but and then we 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 really developed a good working relationship mm-hmm. uh, and but two years later we were both single and we something happened we were doing we were doing uh, 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 telethons and charity things and we were we decided since we both sang we would sing some songs together and in we were rehearsing one time we just looked at each other and went okay something's going on (laughs) what's happening here (laughs) the music brought us together yeah little cupid (laughs) yeah and and then we we fell madly in love hmm Wow. And uh, then it really looked real. <laughs> <laughs> now, when, when you came onto the show uh, and, and, and you got married on the show, mm-hmm. uh, at that time, was Beverly Garland in the picture yet on the show? Or was it, or, or were you, what I'm getting to is, were you the first real female? I was the first. You, you were the first and, and you broke up the, the uh the boys club <laughs> yeah it, in fact my my the interview process what happened was i was doing the king family which we you know we had a series on and mm-hmm. and then we, i was also seen with the king cousins and i was i had stopped acting still didn't have an agent <laughs> uh and uh, I got a call from Ed Hartman, our producer, my three sons producer, one night at home. And he said, 
why haven't we seen you? <laughs> I said, what? See, for what? And he said, we've been auditioning and interviewing people, women, to, to um, become Robbie's wife in My Three Sons. And, I, and he said, we would like to see you. And I said, oh, okay. So we set up an interview. I went in, and usually interviews are five minutes, maybe, maybe 10 at the most. They're very, very short. You go in, you do your thing, and you leave. I was in there. I first met with Fred de Cordova, and he, we, it must have been 45 minutes or something in with him, talking about how difficult it was going to be at this time in the industry to introduce a female into an all-male cast mm. that the audience would you know it would it'd be a difficult move and he said so katie he talked all about the character and how she had to endear herself to the audience and she had to be sweet but not sugary she had to be feisty but not bitchy she had you know all mm -hmm. and and then they took me in to see ed hartman the producer and i spent another 20 minutes or so with him and then they said okay we want you to come in they took me into a room and there was fred mcmurray and his wife june and i had another spent another 20 minutes or a half hour with them I think they had already decided from that uh, when I played Joanne that that I was the one. I took the script home, or I was I had the script in my hand for the screen test, and I left waiting for the elevator. And our casting director ran after me. She said, "Wait a minute, you didn't sign the contract." <laughs> I said, <laughs> "What contract?" She said, "You got the part." You, we start shooting in a week and a half. Wow. That was fast. Yeah. Again, no agent. No nothing. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no one to you know, negotiate. Well, mm. I just said, okay. <laughs> huh. Now, did anybody ever come up to you at that time and say, you know, you're Katie, but, but I remember you, you were Joanne last year. You know, could they, did anybody realize that, 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 you know, you were just time. a different, you know, same person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not at the time, not until Facebook. Uh, and I'm yeah. sure that they must've thought of it because I, and I didn't even realize this, but when you're doing a featured player, unless it's, you know, costumed, you wear your own clothes. Oh, really? You bring in two or three outfits and they, choose what they want you to wear for the character so joanne was in this like a kelly green dress with white collar and cuffs and um i wore that as katie in the first year oh really <laughs> and someone and someone commented on facebook isn't it odd that Joanne and Katie were had the same dress? Well, you shopped at the same place, so. <laughs> <laughs> and that was two years later. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and I didn't re realize it. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Hmm. The fans are, the, our fans are really 
I mean, they know more about me than I know about myself. Mm, hey, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you're uh, looking back at the show, like when you were writing the book, uh, is there anything that comes to mind that was the funniest thing that you had behind the scenes that we never saw maybe, or, uh, you know, just... I wish they had kept outtakes. They, they didn't, uh, for us and we were filmed too. We were not taped, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you that one of the, the funniest moments, of course, Fred McMurray, you know, the consummate actor, he, I think he could say more with, you know, the lift of one eyebrow than some actors could say with their whole face. But he um, was very introverted, very shy. And and if someone would come on the set, if the newspaper would go up, not because he was being rude or being stuck up or something. It was because he, he didn't know what to say. And, but he would get into the set as as Steve Douglas or whatever his character. And he was a whole different animal. So this one particular, God, I wish we had this outtake. One particular scene, Robbie was on bivouac or something. And he was in the reserves, the army reserves. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't there. And I went into labor. Katie went into labor. So dad Okay, you know Charlie and Dad and were running back and forth trying to handle the situation, mm -hmm. and so <laughs> Fred would run into his room, grab he just and he was putting his his pants on over his pajamas <laughs> and his and his suit coat over his you know, pajama top. And he was running back and forth between his room and Katie's room and checking, you know, okay, how, how, how are the pains? How are you? Okay. Okay. Then we're in back and he'd get his shoes and then he'd get his tie. He even got a tie. Well, he finally comes in with his, he's got his suit pants, his suit coat, his tie, and he's supposed to turn around with his back to the camera and zip up his fly. Mm -hmm. Well, he got his tie caught oh, in the zipper <laughs> and he kept trying to wonder why he wasn't turning around. He finally just turned around and faced the camera and his tie is flapping between his legs, <laughs> stuck Jeez. in his zipper. And we, we just roared. I mean, the whole, you know, the whole cast and crew went, up, you know, and it took, I don't know how many takes to get it right because, because we were laughing so hard. I kept cracking up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, to me, that was, you know, one of the funniest moments ever. Mm. And the way he handled it was just, <laughs> Jeez. it was great. Yeah. Now Stan and Barry and I believe Don, and, and maybe they all mentioned it and maybe only one or two did. I'm not sure, but they said that, um, Fred McMurray, uh, Things were done a little different. He would come in and film his, a lot of his stuff that weren't, you know, if you weren't in the scenes and things, he would yeah. do his scenes, then he'd go. And then yeah. everybody else would come in and fill their stuff. Is that correct? Yeah. They ended up calling it the McMurray method because I think uh, Fred was the first movie star to break into television. Uh, that line, 
at that time was never crossed. You right. didn't do movies and television. Yeah. You know, if you were a television actor, that was it. Mm-hmm. That was the you know the, the lower tier. Well, the re- he got this wonderful deal, and at the time we were doing <laughs> way different than from today. We would do twenty six shows a season. Right. Not six or eight, you know. <laughs> yes. Like I do now, and so we had to have because of the way his contract was written, we had to have 13 shows, half of the shows completely written and ready to go before we even started for the season. And he would work the first month, maybe a month and a half. And we did every scene of his in all 13 shows. Wow. So they were completely out of order. And then we and he only worked from eight in the morning till five in the evening. Hmm. Wow. And we would work sometimes till eight or nine at night. Yeah. And we would pick up the scenes either that he was not in or the scenes that, you know, you're close up. In, in fact, the first time it happened to me, and we didn't have a lot of real emotional scenes, you know, in, in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was right before the day or something before Robbie and Katie's wedding and we break up and we call the wedding off and I'm at my aunt's house in Pasadena and crying, you know, in the upstairs in the bedroom and, and dad, you know, Steve comes in and we have this emotional talk about, you know, he, he, understands but you know if that's the way it has to be that's but he really was hoping i'd be his daughter-in-law I and mean, it was really it was a very emotional scene and mm-hmm. i had real tears flowing this is like in the first couple of weeks of of shooting for me and we did his close-up and i had real tears flowing <laughs> wow and i was waiting for my close-up and they said okay uh let's go to the kitchen he was like, what? Uh, he said, we'll pick up, uh, you know, make a note. We'll pick up Katie's close-up later. Well, a month and a half later, they they had some extra time. And they said, yeah, you know, why don't we do that uh, Katie's close-up from that scene, at, you know, in Pasadena. And they gave me a Polaroid picture and said, and said, this is what you were wearing. This is what your hair looked like. Um, here's the script. We're going to do your close-up in a half an hour. Wow. <laughs> and Fred was not there. I did my close-up with the dialogue coach, who was a woman standing on an apple box next to the camera, <laughs> reading, just kind of coldly reading, unemotionally reading Fred's lines dad's lines you know and i don't think i got the real tears flowing from my close-up wow and it was you know we had to learn of course the boys had been doing that from the beginning Mm -hmm. and i it was my first experience with it it was a great learning you know it was a good lesson to learn you know and how to get the where you were in in your head the emotions and everything and but 
it became very natural because that's just the way they did it. Yeah. And then uh, after, you know, the first, after like three months, Fred came back and did another month or so. And then he was gone again. So the last year of the show, I mean, every year we would leave just because Fred was gone and we'd just finish our scenes up and say, okay, see you next year. <laughs> and the, the 12th season, same thing happened. We said, okay, see you next year. And then we were canceled. Hmm. Yeah. And nobody knew. Nobody, they, you know, they, they didn't do a final episode. They, they, nothing. It was just like, Gone. It's gone. gone. Yeah. 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 I it hate that. Really you know? <laughs> yeah. Gee. Yeah. But that must have been, I mean, I can see two things with, with filming like that. One for the actor, for you, it must be ridiculously hard to yeah. get that emotion that you had. Like you say, it was, it was real the first time. The second time it's like, okay, this was a month ago. How did I do this? What did he say? Exactly. And all this, but the editor too, must have been, oh, <laughs> it been a nightmare for them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, we kept Polaroid. I, I wish I had had stock in Polaroid at the time <laughs> because we had to have, uh, we had to hold, you know, and have a Polaroid before every scene in the middle. Sometimes dad would walk in the middle of a scene. We would block the scene before he came in. And then him coming in, and then they would start filming once he came in, hmm. or you know, and then we would have to go back and film the beginning of the scene, or the end of the scene, or in the middle. I mean, it was wow. one time when I was uh, my second year uh, when I was pregnant with the triplets, and that was another story. When they told me I was going to have triplets, I thought they were nuts. <laughs> My three sons. <laughs> exactly. But I thought, oh, that's so corny. And, and we didn't have fertility drugs. Triplets were really rare. Mm-hmm. And, but anyway, um, and Don Federson, our executive producer, decided that it, I needed to really look pregnant. <laughs> and so he had, for the first time, a whole bodysuit mi- suits made for me usually pregnant women just put pillows pillow yeah or something tied a pillow on Hmm. well this time uh i actually had they he had constructed these body suits and and each trimester was padded with foam rubber and lamb's wool they zipped up the back and and the bre- and the boobs were padded, you know, more. <laughs> so each trimester was a bigger, you know, it looked like the three bears when they were hanging on the hangers in my dressing room. <laughs> Jeez. And and uh, the third tri- trimester, he he asked me to put on the suit and then and a dress over it, and then go to his office and walk. Well, I wasn't lumbering enough. <laughs> And he, so he sent, had the suit sent back to costume and they, when I got it back, it was filled with like fishing weights on, on ribbon hanging down inside the suit (laughs) and one that I had to tuck into my bra. And then I went back and walked and I was 
now carrying, you know, like 15 or 20 pounds of weights Jeez. Uh, in the suit. <laughs> <laughs> and there would be times, like in a day, I would be, we'd do a scene where I wasn't pregnant, where I was nine months pregnant, where I had already had the babies, where I was, you know, one, uh, three months pregnant, back and forth. And we had, because mm. of Fred's, you know, Schedules. what he had to shoot. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now, now, Tina, isn't that what they call the glamour of Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> really? It's true. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tina, um, I, I want to finish up with one final question, but uh, okay. you know, I want people to know that all of this and more, much more, is available in your book, which is called My Three Lives, a Memoir, and they can get it right now and uh, find out so much more about what, what you've done and how your life has been, and, and it's just, just a fascinating book, so they should be checking that out. But uh, to finish up, when you sit back and relax and you're watching TV or going to the movies or watching a movie on TV, what's your mm -hmm. favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh. What are you watching? That's the. <laughs> <laughs> I love action. I love, of course, I love rom coms. Um, I love, uh, like, the Jack Ryan series. Oh yeah. <laughs> Love. I loved taken, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I liked, I like Miss Congeniality. I mean, if, if, if Miss Congeniality is on television, I have to watch it, even though I've seen it 50 times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I love the birdcage. I loved sense and sensibility. Um, I like, uh, there was a series on called Shetland. It was on the BBC. It was a detective show. It was just wonderful, set in Ireland uh, or Scotland. No, I don't know. Where, where are the Shetland Islands? <laughs> Somewhere back there. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, golly, that's you know i loved i love detective shows i love love stories i mean it's i don't like i could tell you what i really don't like i don't i i'm sick of the language but we're kind of stuck with it um i don't like gratuitous language or gratuitous sex mm. or gratuitous violence yeah well you got you got to you got to look between the lines for a lot of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's, there's yeah. a lot of it out there yeah, I love, uh, I like movies with dialogue, too. You know, here I like the action, but I, I just saw a plane, mm -hmm. um, you know, with, um, what's his name that I love so much? Uh, uh, Gerard uh, Butler. Gerard, yeah. Yes. I, I, you know, I knew what was happening. I knew it was, but, uh, but I loved the action in it. Mm -hmm. um, and... I know this is not, it didn't get good reviews and it made me really sad, but Billy Crystal did Here Today, I think it's called, a couple of years ago. And it was one of the sweetest, it was funny and sweet and it was, it was a wonderful, I thought it was his best work. Um, 
and and yet it came out at the same time the father came out um which got raves mm-hmm. but it was about dementia both stories were about dementia yeah but the father was depressing <laughs> to me yeah yeah and and the billy crystal was heartwarming you know yeah i haven't uh, seen that i'll have to check that one out it's it's really i think it really it's one of his finest films he wrote it and i think he directed it mm. too and it's i think it's wonderful so and i love musicals i i you know bohemian rhapsody and rocket man are two of my favorites you know recently and elvis so i don't know if that answers your question but yes yes and gives us some things to look into that I haven't seen. So that's, I, I yeah. love that. It's, 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 I mean, I grew up, uh, I grew up with, we, we played musicals, uh, you know, the, the records, uh, Carousel and Oklahoma and all of those movie, you know, movies, the, the soundtracks. Mm-hmm. My father played on, he was a pianist and organist and musical director Buddy Cole, and he played on over a thousand soundtracks. Wow. Um, when he, by the time he died at 47 years old, he had done over a thousand soundtracks. So we listened to soundtracks. Yeah. All, you know, that he, of course, that he played on. The last one he did was The Sound of Music. Wow. And that he had worked eight hours on it and died that night. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, of course, any of those I love. I love the Disney, and I have lots of grandchildren, so I, <laughs> so I still like all the Disney stuff, all mm-hmm. the cartoons and the Pixar's and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, Tina, I I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, like I said earlier, uh, people should go out and get My Three Lives, a memoir. And you I, can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from Bear Manor, the publishing company. So. Yeah. yeah. And if they want it autographed, they can get it on my Facebook store. Okay. And I will autograph the books. Oh, good. And and social media, where can people uh, keep in touch with you and see what you you're up to? Is there, are you on any of those besides I, Facebook? Know, no, I'm just Facebook. Mm-hmm. I used to do Twitter and then and I, I just, Facebook's enough. Yeah. It, it, it gets so, <laughs> yeah. there's just so much out there. It's, it's hard to, you know, what do you look at? Which one do you do? I know. And, and I think there's so much of it is just so self aggrandizing and, and it's just, it's, it gets so all about me, all mm. about, you know, it's to me, it's, I don't know. I, just, you know, you can find me on Facebook and I will, I do interact with my fans. Oh, good. good. I do talk to them and I'll answer questions and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so. Well, Tina, like I said, I thank you so much for taking the time to share with us and uh, I wish you well with the book and, uh, you know, have, have a, a great health and, and the future. Thank you, Brian. It's so nice to talk to you too. I'm glad you stuck with it. You got, got me. <laughs> And a big shout out going to Tina Cole for joining us. She got some great stories. I mean, you know, it's 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 so much fun to hear those things. And uh, you can check out her book, My Three Lives. It's in the stores right now. And uh, like she said in the interview, 
you can get it autographed if you uh, you know go to her Facebook store and you can check that out. So be sure to check it out. Tina Cole, thank you so much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Well, that is it. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much now because uh, I am going to go lay down and try to rest and can feel a little bit better for next week's episode. I will catch you next week. We got another amazing guest coming your way, so I hope you're going to stick around for that. In the meantime, please download as many episodes of On Screen and Beyond as you can. We have over 616 episodes, and uh, we want you to listen to those, and we want to you know, get more people hearing On Screen and Beyond. So uh, if you like us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, we're on all those things. And uh, if you do, like you said, go and download. Tell your friends. Let them hear these amazing people tell their stories. And that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care.